Hello, my loves, and welcome back to another episode of the Raise Your Vibration podcast. I am bringing you an amazing interview today with a woman who goes by Suzanne Falter. She is a writer, podcaster, and essayist whose work has been featured in Self, Oh, More, Tiny Buddha, and the New York Times. She is the host of the Self care for extremely busy women and back to happy podcasts. She has two podcasts and has been heard widely on podcasts and radio, including Coast to Coast AM. She's the author of multiple self-help titles, including the Extremely Busy Woman's Guide to Self-Care. And you can learn more about her in the links in the show notes. She has a ton of amazing uh, content on her website. She also has her two podcasts and we'll talk a little bit about that today on the podcast. I'm so excited to share this interview with you. Definitely take a listen. She has an incredible story, an incredible spiritual journey that is woven in with what she does now. So before we dive in, I have a quick announcement for you guys. If you have not already heard, the Become Magnetic Mastermind is open for enrollment, and there are just a few weeks left to really get in on this, you guys. So if you have been feeling called to start your business, or you currently have a business, but you're not really seeing the results, or maybe you're a healer, a guide, a reader, a psychic, and you're like, I'm ready to put my gifts out into the world. I'm ready to make these gifts my full-time gig this is for you. I'm so excited to teach the content that we're going to be talking about in the mastermind. You guys, I was just sitting and doing some reflection on the materials this morning, and we are going to focus in on energetic alignment. You guys, energetics and frequency are at the foundation of every single thing I personally do in my life and my business, as well as you, whether you're aware of it or not. And so absolutely, this is a business mastermind. You guys, we're going to be talking about strategy. We're going to be talking about building a foundation. We're going to tap you into a vision that makes you excited to wake up every morning. We're going to talk about all the things, strategy, strategic action, as far as building a business goes. But my favorite part of this program really is getting you attuned and into energetic alignment with the highest version of you so that you can actually step into your business with this embodiment of the, this higher frequency. And what I mean by that is that really holding the frequency of it's already done, holding that frequency of self-belief, holding that frequency of magnetizing clients you because you're so solid in what you do, so clear on what you do and the, the value you provide to people that you just magnetize people to you to work with you. So if you've been feeling called to this, you guys, there is literally like, I think we're at two weeks when this comes out exactly left to get in on this. There's a few spots left. Get your application in now. You can go to the show notes and go ahead and apply. Um, if you have questions about this, please reach out to me. I am always happy to have a conversation, jump on a call with you, walk you through what this really looks like to make sure that it is the best fit for you. One of the things I pride myself on is making sure that it is energetically aligned for both the person coming into the program as well as the other women in this program and myself. So I'm here. I am open. Ask me questions, reach out and let's 
freaking do this, you guys. I'm here to help you take your business to the next level, here to take your abundance to the next level, here to help support you with energetic clearings and guidance and mentorship. And I'm ready for this. I am excited for this. Okay. I think that's all the announcements I have for you guys. Again, this is an incredible episode. I can't wait for you to tune in and enjoy the show. Well, Suzanne, thank you so much for being here. I'm very excited to have this conversation after we had our conversation um, for your podcast. I was excited to get to know more about you and your story and your journey. So you're an author and a speaker. What, what sparked that career path for you and how did you get to where you are today? Well, I'll tell you, I've always, I've been a writer for more than 40 years and a speaker for 25. <laughs> and um, I followed my guidance and my gut instincts on all of it. You know, I was uh, unhappily employed as an advertising copywriter in the very beginning. And I didn't care about Twinkies and dish detergent, but I had to write about them and, you know, wanted to kill myself practically. I was so frustrated. Um, and then I just gave myself a promotion and I became, you know, a, 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 you know, a different kind of writer. And um, like I said, I've always followed my gut and my guidance on what I should do next, next, and next. Mm. And um, the most recent iteration of change came in 2012. Um, I had been working, I had built a very uh, good-sized business uh, teaching people how to, base, uh, how to create spiritual-based businesses. And um, that, that was unsustainable because I... I was completely burned out. And so I closed the business and I wasn't sure what I was supposed to do next. And two months later, um, my daughter, my 22 year old daughter who had come to live in San Francisco where I had come to start, you know, kind of a different phase of my life. She collapsed from a medically unexplainable cardiac arrest and died very suddenly. And Everything I had known to be true about my life and its purpose changed immediately. I told myself the truth that I didn't care about marketing, that I never wanted to do it again, and I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also recognized I was a workaholic and I was a bully and I pushed people around and took advantage of whatever I could get for myself. And I was such a self-involved, angry person. And my daughter, by contrast, was highly spiritual, very simple in the way she lived. She was, a, she was a street musician. She would just go around the world with her backpack and her guitar playing music for people all over the world because she loved people. And every once in a while, she'd be a waitress for a while to make a little more money to travel and, you know. Wow. She was just a free spirit and had no ambition in particular and was extremely present in the moment. And she would always say to me, mom, just be. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and her name was Teal. And I'd be like, Teal, are you kidding me? <laughs> what the heck is that supposed to mean? And um, no, mom couldn't just be. And, uh, but when she died, I was forced to confront mortality 
And I was forced to acknowledge the deep, intense longing I had to live a completely different life. So I made a promise. The first night of her collapse, I walked into the hospital room. I saw her stretched out on the bed. She was covered with thermal wrapping and wires and bandages and neck brace. And I mean, totally covered her whole body. She was surrounded by machines because she had been, her heart had been revived, but she was in a coma. And, uh, you know, she lived for six more days. And during that period, I just like, I just knew that I was going to have to use this to totally rebuild my life. And during that six day period, I began to really connect with her essence and, you know, the crazy thing is she wanted to be a healer, okay? She kept saying, Mom, I think I'm supposed to be a healer. And, in fact, the day after her collapse, she was going to begin taking classes at San Francisco, uh, not, uh, at uh, City College in San Francisco. And, you know, she'd invented this kind of esoteric little bunch of classes, quote-unquote, to be a healer. And she, she died. She was never able to study to be a healer, but she just kind of went fast track into the afterlife. And before we knew it, there was Teal. And her essence was shining through in her hospital room. And after her death, the woman, a young woman, not much older than her, got her heart and her kidney. And I met these folks. I met this family five years after Teal's death. I walked, uh, uh, start, just cut that out, please. So I met these folks on the beach, actually, where we scattered Teal's ashes, and Debbie, the mom, walked into her daughter's room about, oh, I don't know, an hour after the heart transplant was completed. And she saw her daughter lying on a bed, and she was surrounded by a beautiful, golden, glowing aura. And it lasted, I kid you not, Shelby, it lasted for an hour. And she thought she was like seeing things. And she's looking at it and she's looking at it. And then her sister walks in and says, oh, she's glowing. <laughs> wow. Confirmation, validation. Wow. Three days earlier, before Teal had been taken off life support, I felt her around me in this very sparkly, effervescent energy that woke me up in the middle of the night and started talking to me. And it was about this healing path. And I followed her suggestions and she would drop in occasionally after her death and sort of guide me on how to become a better person and how to learn self-care and how to slow down and how to finally stop. And, you know, I was very resistant to this because I had known nothing but overwork for decades. Didn't want to stop. I didn't want to grieve. I didn't want to confront the chaos and the, the calamity that had become my life. Mm -hmm. But when I stopped and I slowed down and I tuned in, that shimmering healing essence would come to me and still does in many ways. There's so many anecdotes of Teal <laughs> dropping in to help people. I mean, wow. I, I'm i just in awe and I've, I, you know, goosebumps everywhere of how right. incredible this story is. And, you know, we hear this, that we all have this purpose and we all have these paths and it seemed like she knew what she was here to do, whether that be in the physical form or the afterlife. And so I'm curious for you, you, you mentioned that 
you're still having a connection with her. You're still, you know, seeing this glow. How do you communicate with her? And what does that look like? I'm just so curious about what does that look like? <laughs> <laughs> What's, who's, who is Teal the healer today? Yeah. Well, um, what is really funny is her spirit has a sense of humor. So she pretty early on told me, hey, I'm not Teal anymore. I'm not your daughter. You can call me the energy formerly known as Teal, which wow. was like a little nod to Prince, I think. Yeah. <laughs> the artist formerly known as Prince. Because she was a musician, right? Yeah. So she thought that was funny. Um, in the beginning, I would receive her energy like laughter, kind of spontaneous laughter that would come out of nowhere. And I just started laughing. Wow. And uh, it felt extremely elated and high energy. It was like this sort of sparkling, effervescent shot of laughter poured through my body. And then later, it became something more like just a knowing or a sense like, oh, mm -hmm. it feels here, like a little happy vibe. Mm -hmm. I have had a lot of dreams about her. And just the other day, actually, my friend Bonnie who is a, a very open and sensitive person, was meditating, and she got a message from Teal. And here's the crazy thing. I was about to go for a walk on Ocean Beach, the very beach where we had scattered her ashes, where I met Debbie and Amra, the, the family who got her heart and kidney. I was going to go for a walk there in the afternoon with a friend of mine. And um, Bonnie gets this message from Teal, who says, it's, it's urgent, 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 today, 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 tell Suzanne. And Bonnie's like, tell Suzanne what? She said, she didn't say anything. She showed her the ocean and the waves were out of control and wild. It was like a really rough, wild surf. In fact, during this particular period, the San Francisco and the coast were getting very, very heavy surf and what they call sneaker waves, which are waves that can kind of come out of nowhere and sweep you out to sea. It's very dangerous. The day before, my buddy, who I was going to walk with, had seen, had heard the alarms go off and seen a rescue group run down and pull someone out of the ocean who'd been swept in by a sneaker wave. And here I was about to go walk in the same place, and Bonnie's getting the message. So she calls me up like, I got a message from Teal? <laughs> you know? Oh, my god! I don't really know what it means. <laughs> Isn't wow. that cool? Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. I, I'm just in awe and <laughs> taking this all in because this is the stuff that really, you know, I think the mystery of the universe is just so cool of how the energy works and how we okay. can communicate with people who've passed on or these, our guides and all, all of this stuff is so fascinating to me. And I'm, I'm curious if, you know, maybe you do or maybe you don't, and it's okay if you don't have an answer for this, but if there's someone who had a loved one pass on or someone that they feel like they're maybe feeling this energy how do you know you know is it just a knowing is it something that you feel like it happened because it was such a sudden thing and it woke you up so quickly or is it do you think it's something that we all have the ability to tune into our loved ones who've passed on to the other side sure Sure. And it's open and w openness and willingness that is the key that turns the lock, right? Mm. I mean, I'm interested that Teal had to tell Bonnie <laughs> to warn me rather than me getting the message myself. And why? Because I was in a period of intensely listening to the media 
and being really uh, zoned out on social media and not, you know, fill in my brain with a whole lot of, you know, um, Fruit Loops rather than, you know, organic oatmeal. Yeah. <laughs> it was a metaphor. That's a great and, metaphor. Um, like potentially, you know, toxic Fruit Loops. But but I'm just going to say that um, it has to do with kind of mental interference. And this is why I love what you do with this podcast and this whole concept of raising your vibration, because what Teal understood innately and lived is the key is simplicity. She lived with me uh, two different periods between travels. And what I saw was a young woman who could sit on the couch and just be. She got off of Facebook. She got rid of her phone. She decided to just be for months at a time. <laughs> and, you know, she would, she would play music and she would sing because she was a trained singer, blues singer. And um, that's kind of a, a high vibe opening activity. If you've got an activity in your life, and this is fundamental self-care, that is about you, that is something you love. Perhaps you loved horses as a kid and you have longed to get back to horses. Well, if you were to get on that horse and start to spend time with horses or just even brushing and grooming horses or petting horses, it's very, very possible you'd get yourself into a vibe where you would be open and able to receive greater uh, messages. I also think dreaming is super important. Dreaming is a wonderful, wonderful thing for talking to our um, beloved. And I, I've had many, many dreams about Teal in which, um, particularly in that period of healing after her death, in one of them, um, you know, I had, <laughs> when I had come to San Francisco, I'd gotten a stylist and I'd redone my look and I was just like, so working it, you know, in a kind of, frightening way. <laughs> I, I put a little too much attention into my image. All right. So Teal comes to me in this dream and it wasn't gone yet. You know, I'd gone through this big upheaval, but I was still hanging on to like the nice clothes and the fancy, fancy styling. She comes to me in this dream and she's got a head full of dreadlocks, these huge aviator shades, and her lips are like totally overly Botoxed. And I'm like, Teal, you know, <laughs> and, and she just looked at me and smiled, you know, kind of like, yeah, just think about this, you know, and the message was, uh, there was some, there was a message about turn on your phone, and I had my phone off a lot during that period while I was grieving, and, and the turning on your phone meant reconnect with the world as who you are, not as this built-up image, this false persona, Turn on your phone and be yourself, you know? That was the kind of, of dream I was having. Um, more recently, sometimes I've dreamt we were just kind of watching TV together, you know, <laughs> just kind of like hanging out. But, but um, sometimes they've been dreams in which I am planting a garden and then she comes in with a great big bunch of blooming daffodils and just pops them right in the middle and it's showing me the collaborative nature of our work getting this healing message out because now I feel the purpose of my life um, is to share this message of self-care and healing and, and uh, basically doing what it takes to become your authentic self, doing what it takes to come back to your own higher vibe by telling the truth about your life, giving yourself what you need, setting some boundaries, and setting yourself free in the very same way that she was. Wow, that's incredible. And what a what a beautiful message, you know, to share that what her what she has taught you 
through your podcast and your writing and your books. And I love yeah. the reconnecting to your authentic self. That's a message that I feel like I've been getting a lot lately after having mm-hmm. experienced mm-hmm. some trauma in my own life is really reconnecting to my voice and how I show up in the world. And so I'm curious, you know, I know you mentioned setting boundaries and, you know, taking time for what you need, but what are some things that we can do to reconnect to ourself if we are feeling this disconnect? Yep. Well, let's start with how you know you're disconnected. And one is you may not you're just generally kind of in a malaise. You feel like you're in an energy slump. You feel sort of exhausted by life. You may not sleep very well. You may have bouts of anxiety. When you wake up in the middle of the night or before you go to sleep, you may have a racing heartbeat or racing thoughts. Um, There's a sense that all is not well in your life. Perhaps you're even consciously aware that you're in a, a relationship that doesn't work for you or a job. Perhaps it is a physical manifestation with you know, pain, chronic pain or illness. Whatever it is, your body, your heart, and your soul may be trying to tell you something. And the place to begin is with this question of what do I need right now? So simple, so simple, but so hard to answer sometimes. And I'll tell you, Shelby, when I first started asking myself that question on a friend's advice... I could not answer it. I didn't know what I needed because I was so used to pushing through and getting the work done and getting other people to do what I wanted them to do. It's like, what about me? Who knows about me? I don't, you know? Yeah. I love that. Such a simple question. I think that awareness piece is so powerful because if we don't if we aren't aware that there's something off or missing or out of balance, then we can't move forward. So once we start no, to ask, we can't. once we ask that question, we have the awareness, the, what do I need? Cause I, I think what I'm hearing here is that we can't take action until we actually know what, what we need, whether it's boundaries. Nature. Well, you can take action, but it may not help you. <laughs> yeah, I was taking action all the time, and it was kind of like wasted action. I mean, truthfully, I think a lot of us, uh, particularly women, are in a state of overproduction a lot of the time. We think we can't just make, um, you know, a cheese sandwich for our children. It has to be like an organic, incredible cheese sandwich with sprouts that we grew because that way we know they're really good sprouts, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I'm not saying don't provide for people. I'm saying, be easy with yourself. Mm. Good enough is just fine. It doesn't have to be the greatest cheese sandwich on the planet. The other thing I think we're, we're often guilty of is in the same vein, perfectionism. Oh my God, I made a mistake. The whole thing has to be taken down. Mm -hmm. Or I can't finish this because I'll never do it perfectly enough. These are all the harsh mind you know, pushing us and and bullying us. And really, I'm an advocate for people being gentle with themselves and not knowing. I mean, one of the most profound learnings about the period after her death, that two years where I didn't work, because yes, I did not work for two years. And how did I manage to put, you know, three meals on the table for myself? Well, I lived with a friend for free. I spent no money. I had some savings. 
And I just totally simplified my life. And I began to appreciate my life so much more. So simplifying is a big piece of this. Mm -hmm. Just dialing it all back, bringing it back to some kind of essentials. And then the next thing to do is to begin to notice what you do want and ask for help. You know, that's one of the things we're also conditioned not to do. We think we got to do it all alone by ourselves perfectly. No, no, no. <laughs> Let's just not do that to yeah. ourselves. <laughs> Let's ask for help. And sometimes you can, you know, create little co-op opportunities with your pals where you each do something for each other on a regular basis. Or, you know, maybe it's even an accountability buddy who you promise you're going to do something uh, for yourself in the morning and then you check in later in the day and say if you've done it, you know, um, even group support, you know, I'm a big believer in the 12 step programs and in various support groups. We have ways of asking for help that we may not even be aware of mm -hmm. because we're so used to all the expectation being on us and all the weight and all of the responsibility being on us. Yeah. I love that. I think, one thing that's coming through for me, just for an example for the listener, is that, is that for so long, I had all this emotional stuff that I was processing, and I wasn't leaning into support of therapy or someone to help me through this time. And I didn't even realize right. that it was there was not necessarily a stigma, but a I need to do this on my ownness to that. Where it was it was a silly belief that I had that like in order for me to be strong, I needed to do it all on my own. I think the opposite is actually true. And that's the message I'm getting as you're sharing is that no, the opposite, we're stronger when we have that support. And we're more able to move through things when we have a support system. So I love that you brought that up and everything that you've been able to, to share here today. Is there any last thoughts that you have or anything else that's coming up that you're really wanting to share with the listeners today? You know, I'm so glad you asked because the big message from Teal is oneness, that we are all far more interconnected with each other, just those of us walking around this little planet, than we realize. We feel each other's pain when we allow ourselves to. We know each other's grief. We understand what we're all going through collectively. And when you feel stressed out by another person, Stop for a moment and try to understand what they're going through because you will understand it if you allow yourself. Mm. A little nod to just reconnect with your heart. I love that. I love that. And that's been my intention for the past few weeks is reconnecting with my heart. So it's interesting that that's the message you, mm -hmm. that came through you. Never a surprise. <laughs> um, that, that's One of Teal's little heart stones. Oh my goodness. <laughs> For the listener, she's holding up a stone that's shaped like a heart. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, she collected heart stones, and she would pick them off the ground all over the place. There were lots of them. Wow. And um, yeah, oh. it's, it's kind of a cool thing. Really also could cool. find a four-leaf clover in any patch of clover wow. in just a matter of seconds. You could do it. It was pretty, it was pretty cool. It was wow. pretty cool. Oh, well, yeah. thank you for sharing your wisdom as well as Teal's. I feel like we got a little taste of her energy here today. And oh, yeah. 
I, you know, I'd love for the listeners to be able to connect with you. Is there a place that Mm -hmm. you feel they can best connect? And we'll of course share everything um, in the show notes as well. So if listeners are curious. Oh yeah. Well, I have two podcasts and one is called self-care for extremely busy women, which you have been a wonderful guest on. And I also have a podcast called back to happy and back Mm -hmm. to happy is for anybody needing Uh, to recharge their batteries, to get in touch with happiness and move past anxiety, depression, grief, etc. And I actually do that podcast with Debbie, whose daughter got Teal's heart and kidney. And she's an incredibly resilient, fun, wonderful woman who is like my soul sister. We're deeply connected to each other. So we just have a lot of fun on that show. Back to happy. Um, And then I have webs, excuse me, I just touched my mic. Got that. (laughs) And then I have have a blog um, and a website, SuzanneFalter.com. Amazing. We will link all of that in the show notes. Thank you again for being here and having this conversation. It was such a pleasure having you on the show. Oh, wonderful, wonderful to chat with you, Shelby. Thank you, love.